This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Clip and Roll. I'm your host, Justin Russo. I'm your other host, Farbo Dessen Shire from Sports Illustrated. This podcast is being brought to you by Bet Online and Blue Wire. Farbod, who the hell's with us today? You know, he's still Garrett, but he's still a young Garrett. Uh, welcome aboard again, young Garrett OG. How are we doing tonight, guys? We're alive. Is that good? Farbod, you alive? I don't know. Depends. Depends on what. I, I know for sure you won't be if you continue with your horrible movie taste, but otherwise you're you're fine. Okay. All right. Anyways, the big news regarding the Los Angeles Clippers this past week, as we all know, because we literally have not been able to not see this everywhere, Lou Williams made a visit to the Magic City Strip Club in Atlanta last Thursday night. He was photographed by Jack Harlow, who I am told is a rapper. Um, I'm old enough to where I don't know who that is. Old knows how to hip and hop and ride. (laughs) I don't know who it is. (laughs) I really don't. And I'm fine with that. My life was a lot better before Jack Harlow walked into it. I am told he wears the saggy pants. (laughs) Listen, I don't know who he is. I don't care to know who he is. I still I don't, don't care to know I don't who think he is. Anyone knew who he was. I'm not gonna lie. So it was what I mean. He posted this picture of Lee Williams. Twitter's ablaze. Social media is going nuts. Comes out when Lou Williams gets uh, back to the bubble. He tells the NBA security and the investigators, "Yeah, I went to Magic City. I went to Magic City for wings." Uh, oh, I guess I should mention this is the big deal. Lou Williams was already outside the bubble. Lou Williams had an excused absence from the bubble to leave to go to a funeral of a family member. Lou Williams, on on uh, the day before this came out, Lou Williams went to the viewing. Then he went to Magic City. After that, he went to the funeral. Lou Williams was at the funeral. The funeral lasted about two and a half hours. There's actually online video of the funeral because they live streamed it for people who weren't able to attend. Lou Williams... But the big story is Lou Williams was out of the bubble in a strip club. 
He was at a strip club getting wings, and through various journalistic practices and reporting, we have found out that these wings are apparently absolutely amazing. My stance on this is that doesn't absolve Lou Williams on still going into the strip club and putting himself in that predicament, one would say. Magic City offers curbside pickup, so he could have just done that. At the same time, he was already outside of the bubble. He was most likely, because of all the things he was having to do, he was probably still going to get quarantined for the 10 days, which is what the NBA ultimately gave him. But at the end of the day, Lou Williams got caught in a strip club getting chicken wings. That's literally what happened. Is this as big of a deal as people are making it, or do you think this should be made a bigger deal? Honestly, so in the beginning... I was like, what an idiot, like what a dumb move. Then I saw a picture of the wings and I was like, holy crap, those look really, really good. But at the end of the day, he kind of needs to be made an example of because it shows too much of a glaring flaw in the bubble that he would have been fine if Jack Harlow didn't, like, so he would have been fine if Jack Harlow didn't post a selfie or if Doc didn't accidentally blurt out that Lou wasn't in the bubble. He would have been in and out and no one would have known. No one would even known he went for a funeral. No one would even known he was gone. Like it was, it would have been that easy. They just had, they just happened to mess up every single thing possible to get this news out there. They literally messed up everything from him wearing the mask to Jack posting a selfie to doc blurting it out to Jack lying about like everything they could have done. They did wrong. But to me, the scarier issue is that means like any NBA player who's leaving for a family emergency can just do whatever the hell they want. They can go to a strip club. They can do anything they want to do. Granted, he could be going like, you know, just for wings because those wings did look amazing, but it's still a little terrifying because he could have went or any other player could have went. They could test for a false negative because they came back so immediately. And then the next day they could have been actually positive. Yeah. So I think we need to talk about that for a second. I do think there is an optics issue at play. If Lou Williams had been photographed, for instance, just going to like an Applebee's, I don't think it's as big of a deal for him to go into an Applebee's to pick up food as it is for him to go to a strip club to pick up food. I do also think it's a stigma of a strip club, which I understand, but also at the end of the day, it's kind of a similar environment in terms of a restaurant when they were open for food and food pickup. But... That's still on Lou Williams. No, he should have had the word club in it is the issue that it's a closed space with people breathing heavily and just it's always going to be the, the you use the word club. That's the problem. You can't go to a club, whether it's a strip club, a regular club, a day club, a pool club. The word club shouldn't be a spot you go to when you're gone out of the bubble. A hundred percent. And Garrett, I'd be interested to get your take on this. When Lou Williams. Garrett's too young to talk about strip clubs. We don't talk about strip clubs. That's true. We shouldn't do that. But when Lou Williams leaves the bubble to go to this family uh, matter, I guess I would say, like it's a family matter. Like you go into a family, a funeral, a viewing, all that sort of stuff. I think he should know better than to go into a strip club, even if it's just for food. But I, I, I don't know how you can police someone outside of the bubble and tell them where they should and should not go when they've been in the bubble doing everything right for so long and then going back to that place, which has some of the most stringent testing going on in the world right now. 
I think it's the issue of what this is with the optics overall. Like it's the fact that Lou went to a strip club and did this instead of just like an Applebee's, like you said. I think the fact that he did that uh, was kind of made it like a bigger issue online than it really would have been uh, otherwise. Uh, but the fact of the matter still remains that he did something he wasn't supposed to do while he was out of the bubble, potentially endangering himself. Uh, people came into contact with his team, uh, the overall safety and like effectiveness of the bubble. Um, so overall, it just wasn't a great idea on his part to do any of that. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit shocked the NBA didn't give him a little bit more. I, I thought, thought he was going to get 14 days. I thought he was going to get 14 days as well. That seemed like something that he was going to end up doing. And they didn't even give it, they didn't even end up giving him that. They gave him 10, which is the same thing Rashawn Holmes got for just briefly stepping out of the bubble on accident to go pick up food. So at the end of the day, I blame Lou Williams. You have to know better. And the fact that he still went in there and he put himself in that predicament, allowed himself to be photographed by Jack Harlow, allowed the picture to go online, thought nothing of it when the picture was even happening. That's a big deal. But at the end of the day, Garrett is still too young to go to a strip club. His opinion matters less than my opinion on this issue. Wow, this feels like politics. I've been here before. I feel like... Eh, shut up. Um... The scrimmages happened. Clippers went two and one. They lost the last game. They just didn't beat the Kings anymore or something. I don't know what it was. Like, I was like, cool, they're going to beat the Kings by 20. And then I was like, nah, they're going to lose to the Kings. And it still trips me out because I still remember De'Aaron Fox complaining to me in the locker room that he could never beat the Clippers in his entire career. Never beat them once. And after that moment, he's beaten them every time. To be fair, I take literally none of the results from these scrimmages at all with any with any ounce of consequence towards what's going to happen in the seeding games. Yeah, I know, but they lost the last two the Kings in the regular season, so that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at. I mean, th- did I tell you what his reaction was when he finally beat them? No, but I'm sure you're about to tell me right now. Um, well, usually I talk to De'Aaron about Dragon Ball Z and video games and stuff, so I just kind of and he hates In and Out, so I talked to him about that as well, but. Um, Wait, I, I told him he you know, hates in and out yeah he hates in and out. i think it's overrated and that sucks he's also from i think he's from texas so he thinks whataburger is better oh, um no he we were in the locker room after they beat the clippers this year uh for the first time and i was like yo you finally won huh and, and i waited for the cameras to go off and he's like yeah my mom sent me a text saying congratulations you finally did it <laughs> <laughs> that's actually funny um <laughs> I don't take anything from these games result wise. Does anybody like should should we? Because I don't think we should. Nah. Result wise, I don't think we should. Nah, because I was looking at it and like people were like trying to make a big deal about Kawhi's shooting percentages. Granted, he's shooting pretty bad. He's Ten points a game on like twenty percent shooting, but he did the exact same thing in the preseason, and then he came out with a thirty point performance on fifty percent shooting against the Lakers. So, who's to say that that's it's going to happen again. Like it's funny because watching him in, in these scrimmage games, I've never seen someone just half acid as much. Like he just looked like he was jogging up and down the floor defensively. He didn't really like try to stay in front of people offensively. He was just shooting jumpers. He didn't really care. Which I'm fine. Huh? Shot a lot of threes, shot a ton of threes. And it's exactly what he did in the preseason. He took a ton of threes in the preseason 
And if you actually look at his shot charts from the preseason and these little scrimmage games, I guess we'll have to call them. They're not that they're not that vastly different. For instance, Kawhi Leonard in in the scrimmage games barely took shots at all in the paint. Eight of his 46 field goal attempts came inside of eight feet, which is 17 percent, basically. By contrast, he took 27 threes during the regular season. 28% 28% of his field goal attempts came inside eight feet, almost 29% from three. Like this is a guy who in the regular season makes it even. And in these scrimmages was just like, I'm just going to shoot threes. And if you date back to the preseason, it was the same thing. 11 of his 25 field goal attempts in the preseason were threes. And he only took three shots inside of eight feet. I kind of subscribe to the theory. He doesn't try to go into the paint in these meaningless games just because he doesn't want to take the contact and risk getting injured. I mean, why would you? I mean, the team did it. Do you know, do you know the percentage of shots the Clippers took inside of the restricted area tonight or tonight in the scrimmage games? You're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you 19%. Do you you know what it was in the regular season? What do you think of that, Garrett? That's almost the same age as you. I was going (laughs) to I was going to say that on the other end of the spectrum, we're talking about guys that sucked it up, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, and I, Justin, I think you agree with this too. I thought Paul George especially looked very good in these games. Take it, take it for what it's worth, but he seemed like he played really hard. Paul George shot well, and that was like really cool. He moved well, He's and that's what I cared well. about. Yeah, that's what I cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the video breakdown recently. Like he was moving slightly better. Um, like he actually looked like he was kind of back to where he was last year in terms of movement. Mm-hmm. Now, defensively, he did have some lapses, but I also think that's was the general mo of, of the two stars was like, eh, like who kind of cares for the most part? Like just get our shots up, guys, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, I thought Marcus Morris looked good. I thought he looked great. I, I like Reggie Jackson. I like Reggie Jackson uh, driving in transition. That's mm-hmm. nice. Um, I don't like Reggie Jackson's defense, but that's nice. another story. <laughs> um, Joe Kim Noah might be the biggest thing, like the biggest talking point. Um, defensively, he looks like he still has a ways to go, especially communication wise. Offensively, he seems to fit in just because he's willing uh, as a passer on the short roll. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaways from these games is that A, the results don't matter. And there's a lot of things that you can look at with performances and that kind of stuff that you can weed out and say that's not really that important or that won't translate to the seeding games. But the things you mentioned, we talk about how well Paul George moved, how great Marcus Morris looked, uh, Joakim Noah, especially on offense. Like These are all things you can take into the seeding games and say that these are things you would like to see more of and hopefully will see more of. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, Everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. 
Go to dealdash.com and use the offer code CLIPS or dealdash.fm slash CLIPS. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-D-S-H dot F-M slash CLIPS. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Now, the thing everyone's going to be talking about, the thing that's going to make Twitter the most annoying place on the planet tomorrow is going to be the Lakers versus Clippers opening night. And I'm already seeing it. I'm already seeing Laker fans go, boo-hoo, the Clippers are missing Trez and Lou. We're missing Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo. Like somehow that's equivalent exchange, which I don't know in what universe it is. But what do you guys think about that game tomorrow? Take it away, Garrett. I'll let you handle this. I want your analysis. Uh, I'm a Farbot here. I think there's a lot of stock being put into a game that ultimately isn't going to matter a whole lot. Uh, like, do I think this game should be looked at as a preview of what's to come if these two teams do meet in the playoffs? Absolutely not. Uh, this is the fourth game back for both of these teams. Neither team's going to be at full strength. Uh, there's a chance Anthony Davis doesn't play. He's probable, but again, there's a chance he doesn't play. Um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Twitter is going to be insufferable tomorrow night, whether that's a win or a loss to the Clippers. Um, I'm excited to watch it and get back to things, but ultimately I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. I'm just, I don't care. I really don't. I don't care about the result. I just don't want anyone to get injured. Mm-hmm. I just don't care. Listen, I'm going to make a burner account. And if you see an account called Macho Bod or Macho Bod Randy Savage, like one, two, three, that you're going to know that's me. And I'm going to destroy every human being alive on Twitter tomorrow. You remind me of those accounts that uh, did you ever see the tweet that was like, ah, yes, I am first name, lots of or first name, bunch of numbers that have incredibly awful opinions. Yes, that's going to be your account. It's not going to be my account. I'm just going to make up a whole persona. And then be like, wow, this can't be Farbaugh. This is a real human being. Wrong. It's going to be me. And I'm going to dunk on everyone. Because I remember the last time. I remember. You know how you guys like. You know how I always do those little things with the stick emoji. Where the guy holds the sign up that said like the Clippers are undefeated when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. When I, Because I used it just for engagement. Just because I thought it was funny. And the moment the Lakers beat the Clippers in March, like people started doing it themselves and be like, the, the Clippers are 11 and one when fully healthy and like started tagging me. And they're like, got you. Bitch. And I was like, what are you talking about, nerd? Like, calm down. Sir, watch the language. There is a child present with us on here. Yeah, he's my child. I can curse at him like I want, dude. I don't, okay. You're not. Um, I just, I just don't think there's much to take away from this game. I really don't like the Clippers are going to be without Trez and Lou. They're most Maybe likely, that. yeah, they're they're possibly being without Pat Pat Beverly. Um, I just I don't care enough about the first seeding game 
to really get upset if they lose or happy if they win. I'm more or less just interested to see how guys look uh, in terms of rust. Like, yes, there were scrimmage games, but those weren't super intense games with stuff on the line. I mean, to be fair, the seeding games for the Clippers and Lakers really don't have much on the line either. Like the, the Nuggets one does. The Nuggets one does. The Lakers one between the Clippers and Lakers really doesn't. Like if the Lakers win that game, they pretty much locked up the one seed. It's done. And if the Clippers win, like, yeah, they give themselves a chance at the one seed. They're not going to get it. And the Clippers end up like, to be honest with you, that Nuggets game for the Clippers matters. But do you know when that Nuggets game is? It's their seventh game. Oof. That might not even matter. I think that'll matter. It might. But after this, they get New Orleans, Phoenix, Dallas, Portland, Brooklyn, and then Denver. Well, I just have to get this off my chest, though. Lou and Trez average 18 points a game each. Okay. They make up 37 points off the bench for the best bench in the NBA that averages 51 points a game. Okay. Avery Bradley averages 8.6 points. Rondo averages seven. So the two of them combined don't even come up to the offensive firepower of one of these guys. So it is not equivalent exchange. You sound like a nerd when you say it does. Don't be a nerd. Be a smart guy. Okay? Don't don't make up these stupid little things. Now, if Anthony Davis is out, because Anthony Davis is questionable, Anthony Davis is out. Yeah, I mean, he's playing, but I'm just saying, if he's out, and he's because he's questionable, not probable, um, then it's like an equivalent, like, okay, then I don't know who's going to win this game. But right now, this is the Lakers game to lose. It's not the Clippers game to win. Not when they haven't had a full practice. They've been missing six people. They're already going to miss two people. And the Lakers have had pretty much their full squad during this entire, you know, bubble scrimmage. Not only that, the Clippers are going to have Landry Shamit, who hasn't even played an organized basketball game in like four months. Ivica Zubas just had one scrimmage game and is still trying to work his way into shape. So I don't really care much about the result as I do about how the team comes together with health as we get into the actual postseason. The, the Lakers are four and a half point favorites for that game tomorrow. And honestly, they should probably be a little bit more. They should be a little bit more. Yeah, I, 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 I'd I, even say I'd even move the line to like six and a half because they're going to have LeBron. They're most likely going to have Anthony Davis. And then obviously the who the guys are that the Clippers are going to be without. It's like, I just, I'm kind of just like, nothing about this game really matters. Like not even for the Lakers. Like for the Lakers, it's not even going to matter. It's not going to tell them anything that they don't already know about the Clippers or that the Clippers don't already know about them. This entire season between the Lakers and Clippers and in all three matchups so far and going into this fourth one has been a game of trying to figure out what the other team is going to end up doing to you before, before they're able to do it. And then trying to adjust within the margins and on the fringes. And that's the only thing that matters is the postseason for these teams. That's literally it. And home court in a bubble when there's, it's entirely a neutral site doesn't matter. Jack, for either of these teams. So tomorrow's game is utterly meaningless except for bragging rights, which are also kind of stupid.
You mean except for Twitter or except for LeBron to post an IG post about how dope his team is and how he's going to destroy everyone and how he's still the king and that he's the wash king? I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm so tired of... I, I, I know I just ranted about Clippers-Lakers. I'm so tired of Clippers-Lakers, and I know we're probably going to get seven games of this crap in the postseason. But hashtag Wash King. Uh, please, Garrett, please save me from him. Wash King. Wash King. Hashtag oh Wash King. Oh, my God. I'm starting to think he's leaving the gray hair in his beard on purpose so that he can push the Wash King narrative even more. And people will be like, wow, he's still destroying everyone, even with gray hair in his beard. I'm the same age as LeBron. We both have gray hair. I'm the Wash King as well. I love how his teammates are using the gray hair beard thing to like further his MVP conversation that really isn't a conversation. Can we talk about that for a second? Giannis is winning it. I hope Giannis people understand that. Yeah, but China he absolutely has to. Giannis is 100% winning it. And he's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. And he deserves to. Yeah, but the way LeBron navigated China, though. Stop. China. He did it. Wash King, China. Wash China King, LeBron, MVP. Please stop. Justin, does Giannis have gray hair? He has Greek hair. I don't think he has gray hair in his beard. I don't even think he has a beard. For that alone, LeBron is MVP. Yeah, he's going to win MVP, Garrett. I agree. Oh, my God. They just announced the media availability tomorrow. Uh, 8 a.m. Uh. Our time? Yeah. Yeah, baby. You got to wake up early, you lazy bastard. Do you know what it was today? It's 6.30. 6.30, dude. <laughs> it was actually earlier than that because I hopped on at 9.24 and Kawhi was like already almost done. I want to get on all those calls. I want links. You don't want to get on at 6.30, I'll tell you that much. I'll, I'll get on at 6.30 with, like, a Red Bull in my hand and just start asking questions. Good luck, dude. There's a hand-raising mechanic. That's how it works. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And sometimes you just don't get called on. Oh, my God. So, like, what? It'll have your name next to you, right? And, like, you, like oh, they raise their hand kind of thing? Yep. So, obviously, so hold on real quick. You can see them on video. They can't see you, though, I'm assuming. Correct. No, they can't see us. We don't have our videos okay. on. Awesome. That See, that's perfect because I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever have to really get ready. Because you're the hashtag wash king. That's right. I am living la vida loca. I'll bet you, I'll bet you like five bucks if the Lakers win. LeBron's going to post a picture of him dunking and put hashtag wash king or I still run this place or some kind of insecure message. I'm going to take that bet just because I'd be free money. Farmon, what's, the, not, what's the over under on crown emojis in that comment? You think he's not going to have a crown emoji or a wash king comment if the Lakers win? I don't think he would have a wash king post. I think it would just be about something vague about how he's happy to finally be doing this again or something. If he dunks, he will have a Wash King post. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because he already did his missed, my, missed basketball post five days ago, so he's already got that one. Now he's yeah. due for a Wash King post. Yeah, but he's doing a bid in the bubble. So he did, a, he did a Wash King post about 11 days ago, so we're due. I just, for the seeding games, 
As far as the Clippers are concerned, there's not really much I'm going to take out of these, to be honest with you guys, um, outside of health. Because until their team's fully intact, we don't know what they're going to do. Like, they might not get Montrez back until what? Like, the Dallas game, maybe? Midway through. Yeah. Like, because they already announced. Chris Haynes reported on Yahoo Sports yesterday. Or today, I don't even remember the days anymore. It's just yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's all we, we're at right now with, with calendars. Uh, Montrose Harrell, as Haynes reported, is going to be subject to a two-day quarantine uh, because he tested negative each day out of the bubble. So that's good news. He doesn't get the 10-day that Lou did. Like, Lou's not coming back, bro, until, like, the Portland game. Just call me your bro. Yeah, I don't know why. Just Are deal you- with it. Are you young enough to call me your bro? I'm older than you. you s- I almost cussed again. I'm going to do a lot of bleeping out on this podcast. <laughs> um, what's your what's your prediction for the records for for them in the in the bubble? Go, Gary. I want you first. Go. Six and two. Six and two. What are their two losses? Uh, Lakers. Okay. And let me pull the schedule real quick. Lakers and. Okay, see. I can buy that. Far I, think, I think OKC is vying for playoff positioning at that point. Clippers are locked in. That's a that's a whatever game. All right, Farbon, go. I thought at first it was going to be like six and two or seven and one, but then everything kind of went to hell for them in terms of everyone either getting sick or having a family member getting you know sick and everybody going out. So now I wouldn't be surprised with like five and three where they lose the Laker game, maybe lose the Blazers game, maybe OKC. Okay. I'm going with four and four. I mean, that's fair. And they're going to lose the Lakers game, the Pelicans game, the Dallas game, and the OKC game when they actually sit people. I think they win every other game. Why are they going to lose against Dallas? I think that there's going to be at least one game – with most of their people where they're kind of just like meh, and I just feel like Dallas might be the team. I feel like that's going to be Portland. I don't buy Portland. I still don't buy Portland. Well, I think they just, Portland's going to have a big reason to play and they're just going to. The problem that I've parsed through with the, with this situation right now is you have to look at it like this, right? Portland right now is four back in the loss column of Memphis. So by the time they get to that game, against the Clippers, which is the Clippers, what, fifth game? Yeah, it's the Clippers' fifth game. By the time they get there, Portland is also going to be at about that point of their schedule. I believe that's also their fifth game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yeah, it's their fifth game. Portland will have played Memphis right off the bat in the first game. If Portland loses that, they're toast. Because their next three games after that are Boston, Houston, Denver. By the time they get to the Clippers, they literally might have nothing to play for. Hey, Justin. What do you what do you call a person of royalty who just took a shower? <laughs> we're done. All right, everybody. We're just done. We're just done. I don't I don't want to talk to you anymore. You've actually ruined what's been a very nice day. <laughs> you were literally talking and I wasn't paying any attention and I was like, I wonder if I can make a Wash King joke right now. But I Garrett, I do agree with you on the OKC thing. Um also my sneaky bet for the bubble. You ready? Let's hear it. Okay, so he gets the three seed. Ooh. No way. Talk me I, through I, it. Okay. 
if you I, actually, I love accuracy, first of all. I love if that. If you thing. just look at their schedule, it actually breaks pretty solidly for them. So they start off with Utah, but no Bogdanovich for Utah. Then they play Denver. That's the big game for them because they have to win that, obviously. The next game after that is the Lakers. And three games in, that third game, the Lakers already might have the first seed wrapped up. After that, it's Memphis, Washington, Phoenix, Miami, and then the Clippers team that might be resting people. I could see it. Think, I like there's, think, a le- there's a legitimate chance they go about 7-1 and one through these games. I think Denver and, gets it. Now, here's the thing, though. Dennis Schroeder is leaving the bubble at some point to be there with his wife for the birth of their child. So that is a caveat. Also, Marcus Morris Sr. is going to be leaving the bubble at some point for the birth of his child. September, which is scary. Yes, because that could be a big month. Yeah, yeah, that could be the second round or even the conference finals. Yeah. Could be the NBA Um, finals. He said that he said that so casually in the conference. I was like, oh, (laughs) when he said that, I was like, that's not good. I mean, family matters more than a game. So I really don't have any. That was a great show. Steve Urkel kind of sucked, though, when you think about it. Anyway, should we bash on Steve Urkel right now? Did you think he was a good character? I'm going to I'm going to ask you another joke if you if you keep going. Hold on. Did you think Steve Urkel was the protagonist? I'm too young for the conversation. It matters that well. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you're you're too young for this girl. You don't know. No, I was like in elementary school. I just wasn't like 35 when it came out. Yeah, you knew Garrett wouldn't, okay? Garrett wasn't even born. (laughs) Garrett, when were you born? 1999. No, he wasn't born. That show stopped before you were born. Yeah, because yeah. like, by that time he was in the e- like he was like one when even Stevens was on TV and stuff. Didn't watch that one either. Exactly, he's not gonna know Justin. I'm, I know look, my I, son. I grew up on Family Matters. I grew no, up on you, Family Matters. Saved by the Bell. Family Matters. You were already grown up on Family Matters. Fresh Prince. I grew up on all those. That's those show, were the right? shows. You were like 15 when those all came out. Okay, you're talking way too much right now. <laughs> and when this is over, when this pandemic's over, we gotta meet up somewhere, my friend. You can find me, and at I'll, my, sh- uh, I'll show you who's really the Wash at King my favorite, at my favorite place. <laughs> yeah, what? What's that? The the Bunny Ranch? Nope, it's this uh, laundromat that I go to called the Wash. King. S- s- shut the hell up. Uh, Gary, you working on anything interesting? What are you doing now that you that you're done with finals? Oh, I have a piece coming out tomorrow about how the we, I didn't ask you. you yeah. Experiences. I hope you guys remember this because I just remembered it. Also, just remembered I have to write it. So there's that. <laughs> I have I have a piece tomorrow that's going to show how the Clippers are going to do special things for fans. Uh, it'll. I mean, by the time this comes out, the the piece will already be out, but basically they're they're gonna figure out very engaging ways to get fans to be a part of games with like pregame shows with Noah Eagle and Legends, and they're doing a whole thing. I don't like the fan video board thing. Um, Marcus Morris took a shot from the baseline. The camera angle had it like looking down the baseline towards the hoop, and my God, that was an awful sight line with all those faces right there. All right, could you take a step back though and talk about that god awful camera angle? I don't want to talk about it. I'm pissed already. Talk about it. 
I've started my video, but to tell you how enraged I was, I started my Paul George video breakdown talking about that camera angle. It's it's so abysmal. I think at times it's okay. At when, times. When when the ball, when the view of the ball is obstructed by the back of someone's head and you can't see the ball moving because of that camera angle, it totally disrupts things. See, it's too low. It is too low. Is, is what it is. So like it's way too low. And the camera angle they use for Clippers, Lakers, I want to say, what was that, Christmas? Yeah. The problem with that one is it was too far tilted to the side. So like they had it at like a diagonal angle on that one, which is such a weird angle to watch. You want that kind of higher up into the side. And this one in the bubble is lower into the side. So it's the right, it's the right perspective, but not the right height. And that's actually what kind of makes it crappy. Mm -hmm. So I like, I don't know how they can fix it in that sequence. Cause there's such a limited time, but it needs to be higher. And I hope to God that for national games, they just do not use that. Like, just don't. If they break it out tomorrow night, are you going to get mad online? I'll rage about gonna, that more than me. Are you going to tweet about it? Oh, I will. You know I will. I'll get mad about it and tweet about it more than I'll actually tweet about anything happening in the game. So, prediction time. We're wrapping up. Prediction time. Who wins tomorrow and by how many? Farbog, go. I'm going to say the Lakers by like 12, but I also thought the Lakers were going to win opening night and they didn't. And I thought they were going to win Christmas and they didn't. So like, uh, it's kind of hard to tell. All right, Garrett, go. So I was also going to say Lakers by 12. So I'll change so it a little I. bit and say Lakers by like eight or nine, because we got to remember, this is the Clippers. Like it, no, no matter how meaningless this game is and with how just whatever Kawhi has looked in the scrimmage preseason games, whatever they are, I think they're still going to fight and they're still going to like at least make an effort and probably try to win this game. Like I don't see why they wouldn't, but they're not going to win. Lakers by at least 15. I think they come out with energy and blitz the Clippers from the opening tip. I think the Clippers somewhat fight back into the game, but by midway through the third quarter, it's kind of already decided doc ends up just pulling Kawhi and PG late in the third and just going like, look, it's not worth it. Lakers by fi- at least 15. That's what I'm going with. People can roast me for it. I've honestly believed the Lakers were going to win every game that they've played between the teams because the law of averages. But I really do believe the Lakers by at least 15 tomorrow. Uh, Farbod, you got anything else besides the story that you just peddled? No, just just look out for that story. I think fans are going to be pretty happy with what the Clippers have set up it, for them. Is it pretty damn cool? It's pretty cool. I mean... There's going to be a lot of interactivity. You're going to be able to interact with Noah. You're going to be able to interact with Legends. It's almost like a new way for season ticket holders to be a part of the game. Nice. Garrett, you got anything that you're working on? Uh, No, but I was just going to say to wear a mask and uh, order curbside. You stole my bit, man. That was definitely Justin's bit. (laughs) Damn, he just stole my bit. All right, everybody, take it easy. We'll see you next week.
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.